What's up, gentlemen? Before we begin, a friendly reminder that this podcast is not associated with any church, school, or calling body, and nothing we say here is meant to be perceived as the official doctrine, teaching, or theology of any church, school, or calling body. We're a bunch of dudes who love Jesus. We love talking about Jesus, and this is where we air out our thoughts, so don't take it as much more than that. I hope that this is edifying for you. Let's get started with the show. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Christ for Disciples podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Steinberg, son of a canon, father of five sons. Each weekday on the Christ for Disciples podcast, I apply God's word to raising the next generation. Take 10 minutes each weekday to listen to the Christ for Disciples podcast and get direction and gospel power to disciple the youngest generation. Subscribe to the Christ for Disciples podcast by going to ChristForDisciples.com or searching on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and whatever else. ChristForDisciples.com. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. This is the place where young men come to learn what it means to be a man after God's own heart. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. And our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to be the men that God created them to be. So roll up your sleeves, gentlemen, and gird up. It's time to get to work. That's a fireside discussion, quite frankly. Fireside discussion? Yeah. All right, gentlemen, you're listening to the Geared Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ungamak, and it's the place where young men learn to be the men that God created them to be, like take seven. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, so we're going to dig into the book of Proverbs today, chapter six. Um, one through 19. On, yeah, one through 19. Uh, we're going to leave it on you guys. We're gonna, we'll talk a lot about adultery on other podcasts, on other episodes. Um, and we have talked about adultery quite a bit on other episodes, so we're going to leave that for a different day. We're just going to dig into verses one through 19. Um, so we're going to leave that to you to read it. Uh, here's here's our commentary on it, though. Hey? Hey. Who's on the podcast hey. today? Well, that's a good call, man. Who is on the podcast today? Well, we got uh, Billy Joe Martin over on the left corner of the field. He's going to be entering the scene here shortly. Oh, sorry. Uh, no. Gustav Wenz here. Aspen Bue here. And Ezra Bloomer. Awesome. Uh, Aspen, you want to just give us a little tiny introduction of yourself, like elevator talk? Who are you? Uh, I'm somebody <laughs> who spent a guy. Guy. I'm a four years in the military, um, got out, and I'm back at Martin Luther College studying to be a pastor. Nice, man. He Glad did go you. here before. He did go to MLC before. Yes, sir. That's did. something to kind of think about. Yeah. Three years, right? Absolutely. You yes. said three, three years? years. Oh, so your, your opinions are at least a little bit valid. Hey. <laughs> hey. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. All right. So like I said, we're digging into Proverbs chapter 6. Um, starting at verse 1 here, fellas. What sticks out at you about what you're reading here in Proverbs? Uh, Well... Something that we had kind of discussed before, before we've done several retakes of this I'm whole entire sorry, podcast. I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> sorry. Was the idea, so in verses, uh, let me see here, what ones was it? It was uh, verses uh, 16 through 19, the very end of the like first section of the chapter. It talks about exactly what God has issues with and what this whole entire first portion of Proverbs is talking about. And a lot of it has to do with me not, oh, hello. Okay, I'm still there. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the idea that uh, it's a call to action, 
quite honestly. Like, you have to stop being lazy, you have to stop falling into sin, and you need to follow the Lord. Is kind of like the big key message, I feel like, anyway, uh, from when we did read it. For sure. I think that, I mean, even when you look at the rest of the verses, you see that it's talking about calling to action. It's talking about doing things before it's necessary. The ant preparing in the, in the summer. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and so on. So I think that is a a big thing is calling to action. Yeah, we tend to be pretty reactionary. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, something goes wrong, now I have to deal with it at some <laughs> point um, instead of <coughs> planning ahead of time, yeah. Okay. But Ant-1, it ties in well with uh, things like verses 1 through 6 here, or 1 through 5, um, are talking about, you know, like debt and making bad pledges and making bad oaths and things like that um, and how much trouble you can get into if you make a, an oath that either is not right or that you don't really want to adhere to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, one of the things is, uh, if you've been, tr- uh, well, what is it? Um, what's the one about a wait? Is there, if you, if you put up security for your neighbor, oh, first, if you've struck like hands and pledged, you've been trapped by what you said and ensnared by the words of your mouth. So yeah. basically, like, you didn't think it through, and now here are the consequences. Mm-hmm. If you are like the ants and you think ahead, you don't have to go through those struggles uh, because you've already gotten things squared away before you ever started. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think going off that point, like you can read these verses, specifically Proverbs, and especially this chapter six, and, and think, "Oh man, it, it seems kind of weird." What, what, why is everybody laughing? Well, I think all I'm of us have said chapter six, six at this point. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Hey, just a quick reminder for the audience: this is chapter six. You said six, <laughs> six one right? through nineteen. I love chapter six. Anyways, um, it it can seem very very negative and and like there's there's many commands here. Um, but what I think sometimes you, you these are these are just ideas and concepts that that Solomon is writing for us about how to live more wisely as Christians and how to how to be better Christians here on this earth. Um, and and by living within these suggestions that that he's laid out here for us there's actually a tremendous blessing that that comes about it you know we we're talking about not being lorded over by somebody else and and how freeing and uh just the the joy that you're able to have by not being at the mercy of somebody else or mm-hmm. you think of the relationships and the aspect of of having a good relationship with your neighbor and and what freedom that that can bring um i just i think it's just so i you read this chapter and you see the the freedom and the the blessings that come along with living within the the instructions that solomon has has laid out for us well it's it's the idea of autonomy too like if you want to be autonomous if you want to be an independent human being you have to be self-sufficient right and it's it's a biblical concept here like it's laid out for us um, it's specific. Uh, let's see. Where does it say this? Um, uh, when it's talking about the ant, he says, uh, it has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores up its provisions in summer and gathers its food at the harvest. Like how many of us and how many times have we had to wait for somebody to like tell us what to do? You know, like, mm-hmm. and it's not even that I'm not capable of doing what I'm supposed to be doing. It's just that like, yeah, I don't want to like either. I don't want the responsibility or I don't feel like it or whatever it is. Waiting either until it's necessary or until somebody else has to step in and be like, yo, Doug, do what you're supposed to be doing, right? Mm-hmm. Just, just well, do it, right? Yeah. Like, it's one of those things I think our human nature kind of gets in the way there a lot of times because we're lazy. 
by nature, we don't want to do more work than we have to. Right, right. Well, now you can trace that right back to Adam, right? That's what God said to Adam. It's going to be sweat. It's not going to be fun and enjoyable. And we're meant to be in paradise. Um, and so this, this sweat, this work, this death even is unnatural to us. And so we naturally revile it. Um, and so while there is joy in work and joy, especially in doing the Lord's work, um, and the Lord's work doesn't have to be like preaching and teaching. It could just be building a, a darn good cabinet, right? Um, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, Luther and the idea that Luther said, you know, what does a good Christian do? Like a, a Christian shoemaker doesn't make his, uh, his doesn't make Christ known by putting crosses on shoes. He makes Christ known by making good shoes. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. on that note, I mean, that's something I've thought about a lot. I mean, I spent the last four years away from going into the ministry and it became that my life wasn't about necessarily preaching the gospel in a public sense as much as just living a Christian life mm-hmm. to show people that, you know, this is what a, a Christian does and Christians are there for, you know, to help you or whatever and to show that that forgiveness that Christ gave us. Mm-hmm. I think going off that point, sometimes Christians forget, like, I know for me when I get into situations specifically like when I was younger where I was surrounded by non-believers you know you think it's very natural to to want to shy away from the Christian values and the work ethic that you were brought up with as as I was brought up with Um, but what I've learned to come to find out is I've been able to get into the work world a little bit in my summers I got an internship in Tokyo this last summer which was amazing Um, but what you're able to see is that people actually respect and and value the work ethic and the the Christian lifestyle that you live because they look at you and see somebody who's living in freedom and is able to enjoy happiness um, in the freedom that they have because they're not being mastered uh, by you know the the neighbor or the other people that are listed in this in this chapter. Um, they're or able, even, yeah. Go ahead. Or even by their work, right? Exactly. Like so, I don't think people don't realize just how, uh, to what extent they are mastered by their work, and that's one of the biggest things that I notice in the people around me when I when I'm like working off campus and and things like that is, like just how terrified people are of their bosses, mm-hmm. right? even <laughs> if they're good and wonderful and honorable and even righteous people, mm-hmm. and sometimes even people that love the Lord. Like terrified of their bosses, not because they're not they're afraid of them personally, or that they're afraid they're going to get hurt or yelled at or something like that, right. because they're terrified they're going to lose their jobs, mm-hmm. right? And, and well, obviously you don't want to lose your job, but there's also absolutely no peace um, if you put your identity there. It's always in flux because if I lose my job or I lose my you know vocation or whatever it might be, now I've completely lost my identity because it wasn't built on anything else. And so the peace as Christians is that my identity is founded in something that cannot be taken away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. So the cool thing about this table is that I think all of us have flirted with the work world or working in a different field than the pastoral ministry. You know, right. I think of myself, and I went to the University of Minnesota before it, this and was trying to get into a high-level coaching, which from a worldly perspective is a very, like, attractive career where you you know you're able to travel the country and get to hang out with some some of the best uh athletes in the world but what i what i came to find out is that as charlie said that it's so easy to become completely um wrapped up in the work world and to find your identity only in that because of the fact that mostly what you're doing for most of your day is is the work world and it's so easy to lose sight of of why you're actually in that world and so you know i um 
I, I want to definitely like encourage those who are in the work world to, to find time and to completely embody Christ in the work world because we need you in that work world to be a light, you know? Yeah. Well, and here's the nice thing about the passage that we read too, is it's like, it is the idea that when you're taking on work, it should be something somewhat noble and somewhat respectable in the sense that you're not doing it because you owe somebody something, right? Right. Like you don't want to be in debt to your neighbor. Like that's what it actually yeah. says in the passage, right? Exactly. And so it it's like once you're in that point, and I think, see, we've kind of been talking definitely about like good work ethic, right? But what the passage talks a lot about is not being sluggards. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's going more on the idea of the people who haven't gone out and done something else, even if it would have been good, better for them than to just stay where they're at. And uh, in the meantime, I looked up the definition of sluggard. Right. And it just says a lazy, sluggish person. Right. But in the like quotation below where they use it in a sentence, it gives off the impression that it's you're not only lazy, but your laziness is affecting the lives of others. You know what I mean? So, like, the quote, it's kind of a silly quote, but it says, I'm waiting for those sluggards to bring my steak, right? (laughs) Now, see, it's not, like, it's one thing to be lazy. my whole life. It has to do more with, (laughs) like, being lazy, but it affects other people around you. Yeah, exactly. And that's where we come back to the whole being godly in your work. You're a sluggard if you're making your work so that it's not good and people mm-hmm. have to get somebody else well, to do it nobody again. lives on an island either you're right. not isolated well and see it's one thing to be a sluggard in your actual job and it's another thing to be a sluggard as a christian human being mm-hmm. right yep. so like i think that this passage in proverbs definitely because see this is wisdom for life yeah yeah for everything in your life and i think it's good to apply it in the sense that one when you're actually doing your job don't be lazy and also while you're doing your job don't be lazy or hesitant to show christ through your work ethic mm-hmm. right and by being that better individual and by being that person that does the job that maybe other people don't want to do or by getting out of the debt that you're in in a noble way right well and to to lean into the what you were where you started here um, the other, and even where we started with the podcast, is your motivation for doing that good work, too. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to be free to do good work because it reflects your Heavenly Father, mm-hmm. um, you can't, it's not that you can't do work that re- that uh, glorifies God if you're in debt, but your motivation isn't purely, I'm going to do good work because it glorifies God. It's going to be, I'm going to do good work because it glorifies God and I need to make Great money hard. because I am broke, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I'm even worse than broke, I'm broken in debt. You know, and then there's a, there's a big difference between those two. Um, and one is just like me running full bore for the glory of God. Mm. The other is me looking over my shoulder and then also like throwing God a bone every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference between those two attitudes. Yeah. So G- Goose talked about two different things that, that he saw from this verse. I, I think there's a third kind of point that that I think it would be worth talking about because I think it goes hand in hand with with what Goose was talking about as well. I think the third point is, is to be authentic. And I and I specifically mm. see these in the verses 12 through 15. A scoundrel and villain who goes about with a corrupt mouth, who winks with his eye, signals with his feet, and motions with his fingers, mm. who plots evil with deceit in his heart. He always stirs up dissension. Therefore, disaster will overtake him in an instant, and he will suddenly be destroyed. And, you know, I, I think... The picture, the image that I get in these verses are that person who's acting one way, but believes and thinks a completely different other way. Yeah. And um, look what happens to this person who, who you think of a person who kind of winks, you know, is cunning, is trying to like 
you know, get his point across, even though he's acting a different way, um, disaster will over overtake him. And I think, um, you know, I've seen that in my life with, with people who, who aren't authentic and aren't true to who they are. Um, what do you, what do you guys think of those? Well, eventually being not authentic, right. It'll catch up with Mm -hmm. you. If you are acting one way, but you really believe another people will find out and it'll hurt them. Like either emotionally it'll make them hate you and dislike you because they thought you were on the same page as them or otherwise. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big thing with our Christian beliefs. We, we need to make sure that we are being honest with them and with, with, you know, people that aren't necessarily Christians or don't believe the same things we do. Being honest with them is the best thing we can do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and see what's awesome about this warning, like Ezra is saying, is like being authentic, that's one of the, I mean, that's a big part of how people are able to see that you lead a Christian life, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> I mean, it's awesome because this is something that people value even outside of Christian sh- circles. So that just shows that God still has his hand in everybody's lives, whether they want to admit it or not, mm-hmm. right? Like, this wisdom is from the Lord. Because the thing is, is, I mean, look at any casino movie or, like, gambling movie, right? Like, the main bad guy or the main character, even, is someone who's doing, who has haughty eyes, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And naughty eyes. Or, who, naughty eyes. <laughs> or naughty eyes. <laughs> Either way, like, they're being deceitful and they're liars, right? And the world recognizes that as a insufficient way to pursue your goal to gain any kind of wealth like if you do life and you're doing it in a way that is by lies is structured by lies and is structured by deceit it's going to catch up to you whereas if you rather go about your life and the wealth that you've built up is by pure honest work doing it for god it's going to end up lasting and then you're able to end Hopefully, at that point, like, because of your joy as a Christian, you would be willing and happily give to others, right? And help people. Well, and just to take that into the practical, the, uh, like, you think about Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. There's an Ocean's Twelve and a Thirteen for a reason. (laughs) They they, they might be the coolest dudes in Vegas, but they can't can't sleep at night. Like, they literally can't rest. They have to be moving and pulling other jobs and things because... Like you said, it keeps catching yeah. up to him. And it's a silly anecdote, but it's also, it, it's real, too. Well, and see, it's, it's it. funny because the, re- I mean, like you just said, there's a 12 and 13, right? And an 8. I don't know if you guys watched that one. It's the one with the girls. It wasn't that good. It wasn't that good, yeah. Uh, but the point <laughs> is, is that, like, even though the world It wasn't recog- not good because they were women. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, no, the, the, oh, yeah. We poor like, storyline. <laughs> it wasn't good because it was a bad story. <laughs> it had nothing to do with it. I get accused else. of being a misogynist enough as uh. it is. <laughs> I need to clarify that. Fair enough. <laughs> but, like, okay, so, but the point, is, the thing that I'm trying to get at right now is, like, even though the world recognizes that that isn't a sufficient and healthy way to get anywhere in life it loves it though people love those kinds of stories people love seeing that kind of stuff and quite honestly you don't walk away thinking to yourself man that guy really messed up and like i don't want to be that guy they walk away thinking man it would be awesome to be those kind of people like look at how cool their life is like they gotta hack into computer systems and blah blah and you know do I mean, you I'd know. love to be James Bond too. But <laughs> right, it just ain't gonna happen. Well, like, I was. Oh, oh, go, go ahead. You sound like you have something to say. say I it. was just gonna say that um, I listened to a, a sermon recently, and a pastor was saying that if if you 
uh, aren't enjoying sinning, you're not sinning. Uh, <laughs> you're not sinning right. Um, oh, and so yeah. the, the flesh, like you're talking about, people that that um, walk away from those situations, or maybe they they live personally for a little bit like that, and they walk away like, oh man, that was kind of fun. But right. of course, it is. Sin is. I mean, sin is by definition like giving into your flesh is going to be quote-unquote fun for a short term but you look at all the consequences and what is going to come about like it's not sustainable and so the why we're talking about we want you to be wise men not not boys that that live for the moment we want you to be wise men and in the long term i can tell you 100 percent that living authentically to who you are as a christian man is going to serve you long term well, and I would I see that's exactly it. And I was thinking about actually flipping this on its head. Yeah. Where you oh, think boy. about it as somebody who grew up as a Christian who knows the word of the Lord, who loves the Lord, and they get to a point especially this happens a lot in like high school, the first couple of years of college. And it's I mean, you and I have both talked extensively on this podcast well, as you too, Gus. Yeah. I've talked extensively on this podcast about like kind of our stories and how yeah. we've gotten <laughs> to <laughs> into where the we situations are. Yeah. we are we really and are. then out of them. <laughs> um and and, and <laughs> So the like you think about somebody who has sorry Aspen you just don't have a lot of head. <laughs> don't worry I'm sure got, you could tell that I got story too to, talk, to tell don't worry I'll okay. wait but um anyway so the like the Christian who knows the Lord loves the Lord grows up in the Lord and then at some point starts to turn and instead of seeking validation from their heavenly father mm-hmm. now they're seeking validation from sex now they're seeking validation from substances now they're seeking validation through their work they're seeking validation through whatever and it's almost this like you know who you are and you've chosen to be something else and at that point you're almost like you almost see them like what well, i see them as a victim of the lies of the devil more so than someone who's like Sitting there and saying like, "Yep, like it's so easy to You've get been upset and dead. angry." Right? You've they, been caught so, dead. Those yeah. are your exactly neighbors. Exactly it. Right. Yeah. And so, um, what what uh, the other thing that the proverbs are continually saying is, it's now your responsibility as a man of God to go seek them out and bring them back. Mm-hmm. And if you realize that that is you as a Christian, you work mm-hmm. your way back. And if you are a Christian man, it's your job to go out there and find them. And help them come back themselves. And, and that's mm-hmm. a big thing that we lose sight of a lot of times, too. And I think, like, a lot of times, as like as people who are actively following our Savior, it's really easy to look down our noses at people who have strayed and be like, so you didn't think God was enough for you, huh? Or something <laughs> like that. As opposed to saying, like, wow, like, man. Or frankly, like, wow, girl. Like, you've been deceived like let mm-hmm. me let me let me help bring you back and, and having compassion on them and and not pity that's not the right word but maybe it is i don't know um and saying let me guide you back instead of looking at him and saying like oh you done messed up yeah right man you're so wicked you walked away what yeah. and we it's so easy to sit in that that realm which almost immediately becomes like anger and hatred mm-hmm. towards the people that are sinning instead of looking at him and saying like oh man you've been lost and the uh, Jesus talks about the prodigal son, right? And the idea of the moment you come back, you are free, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to be caught in this debt anymore. Go ahead. Well, All kinds well, of fun things yeah. to say right That's here. been three <laughs> minutes Sorry, for a guys. final word. Let's hear it, man. Okay, so first off, I'm somebody who's coming from a completely different background than you guys. Um, I wasn't a Christian. I grew up in a household that was said it was Christian, but it wasn't, right? Mm. 
Um, we didn't ever go to church. We didn't do any of that. I never had Bible school. And then I went to church when I was 14 years old. And the joy that you get when you didn't have it and you come to it is so <sighs> much. And if you, and it's hard, I'm sure, for people who've had it their whole lives to really see that joy sometimes because you've always had it, right? Mm-hmm. But then when you stray away... And you know, if we have to, if we if we are you able to it up. help you get help anybody come back to to the Word and back to Christ, they see that joy as much as I do, and it's it's so amazing. It's it. There's no words to explain how it really feels when you first come come into the faith like that. It's absolutely. It's so yeah. powerful. It, it it just takes a hold of you. Yeah. Well, and, and that's an ex- like. You think about the consequences of, if you talk about Proverbs 6, the consequences of behaving this way is that now, especially in a historical context, your entire family is also under debt. Mm-hmm. And, and what I see in what your story here and your picture that you've painted is someone who was born into debt and yep. now begins to be free. Like someone who was born a slave and gets a new life. Exactly. And um, actually it comes to, so I'm actually currently doing a text study on Matthew 18, verse 23 through 35 which is about the master who forgives the debt mm. and it that, that basically sums it up and that's the gospel passage that really really where jesus shows the forgiveness that a master can give for this great debt you have and he just gives it to you for free yeah, yeah. and then just one more reminder for the audience this was uh proverbs 6 <laughs> one, through, <laughs> 1 through 19 so if you want yeah. context you. on what we're saying definitely go and read that Okay, fellas, you squeezed so much awesome wisdom into a half an hour. I'm sorry it was only a half an hour. I love you all. I'm proud of you guys. Um, I'm proud of you guys, too, listening. Glad that you can be a part of our community here. You're welcome anytime. Um, make sure you listen to the, like, if you heard at the beginning here all the, all, the, all the links we're talking about. Click on them. Get connected with us. Um, we'd love to see you at the retreat. We'd love to help mentor you, so on and so forth. Fellas, uh, we love you all. Go be the minute guy created you to be. We'll see you next time. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, and publishing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. We hope it helps you along your journey to be a man after God's own heart. Be sure to check out the Gird Up channel on YouTube. There you will find many podcast episodes just like this one, but you will also find exclusive video content geared at helping you be the man that God created you to be by introducing you to other godly men, teaching you how to behave, study, dress, act, eat, and live like a man of God, and you'll find devotions to help you grow in faith. Please consider supporting Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping in the online store at girdupministries.com, or by making a $5 cup of coffee donation at girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure that you like, follow, friend, and subscribe to Gird Up and our guests on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Those links are in the description. And as always... We'll be praying for you on your journey. Blessings, men. Time to gird up and go be the man that God created you to be.